this is Travis. Hey, hi, it's Kareem. And today we're going to introduce the topic of anxiety and how it means... Wait, but what kind of anxiety? All sorts of anxieties. No. High anxiety. High anxiety. Because that's what today's episode is called. High anxiety. Um, yeah, so we're obviously introducing the topic of anxiety while being high, because what better way to help with anxiety than being high? Um, so anxiety, what a deep, deep, dark, disgusting topic. Yeah, it's not fun. And I think everyone has it, whether they admit it or not. What are you talking about? I don't have anxiety. You don't? No. Oh, neither do I. I am. I can't have what I am. Yeah, but you have high anxieties, though. I'm kidding. Okay, so anxiety. What is anxiety? It's kind of like, I guess, a... mm, Psychological feeling where you're just, like, antsy or nervous or the mind never stops. I I don't know. We probably should have looked up the definition of anxiety. Yeah, but no, I don't like doing that because I want to know what your interpretation is. Like, obviously, everyone can know and look up a definition of something and be like, okay, but what is your, like... When you say, what is anxiety, it's what is anxiety to you? It's the things I get um, overwhelmed with or overworked with or um, I don't know how to describe it. I don't feel that that's how my anxiety is. I think mine is is almost so baseless. There's almost no telling why I am. For me, when I've ever been anxious or had anxiety about something, it, 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 it honestly comes to me like a force, something that I can't even control because as someone who is relatively logical in everything that i do i i tend to just process something and let yeah. it go and i'm like okay cool but in a weird way my anxiety is still like this stem or like this if this like thread that is weaved through my entire being it, it's yeah. almost become a part of me and for for myself i think it's more of it, it's circumstance circumstantial like, yeah like something happened or something's going to happen or my mind's overthinking something but you're able to like, compartmentalize all of that and uh-huh. and kind of weave through that anxiety and be like oh process get it and then be stable for and, a and amount of time the, and identify the problem or where the issue is and then fix it see and that's great and i think that's a healthy thing to do and i and i do that but i find myself still not being able to rid myself of that anxiety yeah. and and that's what's that's something that I think we need to talk about in the next segment is where does your anxieties come from and why, how have they shaped you and what are you doing to, I guess, navigate through those anxieties? Yeah. Let's, let's do it. All right. See you soon. Hello, I'm back. Sorry, I had anxiety. <laughs> Me too. Huh. Okay, so going into this next segment is now where what are anxieties and where do they stem from and how are we surviving with those anxieties? Um, Travis? Yeah, so I think some of, you know, my anxieties, like I said before, is very circumstantial for a lot of, for most of them. There are some other ones that are very, you know, um, different. But, you know, a lot of the things, you know, I get worked up over is, you know, deadlines, um, from work or stresses from work or, you know, planning events or parties, you know, things that are there's it's leading up to something and, and those type of things, you know, you get, you know, 
overworked or you stress about or you you know okay but that's a little bit more general like what are specific things what do you know so you say deadlines with your job so we're not going to obviously discuss your job because that doesn't where that's not relevant to yeah it's i mean it's relevant but we're not getting there yet um but what are very specific anxieties that you find other like you know you said obviously deadlines and plans and stuff like that and and family but like give us examples of something that you you know that you typically face in a day or within a week that causes that anxiety um there's nothing that's reoccurring it's all very based on circumstances and so it's so it sounds like you're someone who's almost you're someone with anxiety because of just i guess the climate of the earth right now right like there's the way things are just the way things are and you're kind of taking them head on and trying to healthily work through it and process it and let it go while they're, you know, are other yeah. people that see anxiety a little bit differently. And, and more, typically when I get anxiety, you know, I'm able to process it very quickly, you know, because I'm always thinking and I can, you know, figure out where the source of it's coming from and kind of shut it down or, you know, figure out how to correct it. And that's rare, I think, in a lot of people, you know, but I don't have those. Well, good for anxiety. fucking you. Okay, good. Oh for no, I still have my you. problems. You know? <laughs> and you know, but I think another one that you know I really get worked up over is kind of social anxieties and just how I'm perceived and and that's some of it goes into confidence, but there is a level of anxiety that comes with that. Um, and I think that would be the one that haunts me. You know, on a day to day basis, is what what people think of me, what people see in me, what they don't see in me. Those type of things, which causes. I think is a fair, a fair um, basis of your or what like a the deri- the deri- 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 How do you say the word? Deri- it's like I can see why that's derived. Like your anxieties are derived from yeah. that because derivative. Derivative. There you go. Derivative. I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh, it's because I'm high. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I definitely believe that's valid because that's a slight leeway into to me even with. <laughs> to me, this is, I know you're just talking about you, but now that we're on to me, no. Uh, the segue is that I feel my anxieties mainly come from my appearance. I actually don't mind that I talk a lot and that I have this wild personality and, you know, I'm in your face and, and, and you know, just, I think I'm just someone who represents the most extroverted introvert you can ever meet which is someone who's really actually an observer who likes to listen, but almost tap dances and with it through my personality, almost tap dance. Like I almost want to like entertain everyone and distract people from like how I feel. I physically look. Yeah. And I I think that always, you you have a joking heart. You're kind of a little, you know, clown without the red nose. Yeah. Um, I'm the metaphoric clown or the metaphoric tap dancer. You know, you, you bring light into a room of, you know, I don't want to say darkness because that just sounds evil. But, you know, and when everyone else is down and around you, you can figure out a way to cheer them up and make them smile. Oh. And Well, thanks for observing that. Yeah. But that's but that's kind of why I do it, because the irony is helping other people through their anxieties actually relieves mine. And that's the weirdest thing. It's like. I, my way of weaving out the anxiety and, and like trying to process and, and understand it and just, you know, try to rid myself of it is by helping other people. And I find that if I help other people, it serves some type of like divine purpose for me in a weird way. I mean, I don't want to sound self-righteous when I say that. I, I do it because I like it. I do it because it makes my anxieties feel 
reduced. And even though I know that they're still present and they're still there very yeah. much being a part of me, the only way I can continue to live my life is by being that way. That's the reason why I do my, my best at all costs to love people, to be kind, to, yeah, to help, to be attentive, to listen, you know, because I think that if that's the only way I can keep my anxieties at bay, then that's what I got to do. Yeah, for sure. You know, and my anxieties other than, you know, my parents, because I, I always felt like the outcast wherever I was just because, of course, being of Middle Eastern heritage, I always felt the point being born and raised in Jersey in the USA, of course, like I think with the way war happened and after 9-11, despite people being ignorant about my ethnicity and, and how, you know, just because I come, my family comes from that region that we were all categorized or whatever, but I won't even get into how ignorant I think people are or were during that time, it still could be to this day, I always felt like my name was associated with the way I looked. Obviously, my yeah. name being Kareem, I always felt like people had a preconceived notion of me, and my anxieties always came based off of my appearance. So it started at a very young age. Before I could even think about body dysmorphia, I was already thinking about how people were going to perceive me because of my name. So my name, to this day, still gives me sometimes, you know, a little bit of angst, because before people meet me, that, you know aren't really a person of color or anyone that's really necessarily considered ethnic, I'd always be like, oh, they're going to judge me. They're going to think I have a terroristic background or something. And then the next thing would come, the next thing I think would come with my physical appearance, like I was always super thin growing up and I always felt like I suffered a little bit with an eating disorder. Um, the eating disorder was based basically upon like whenever I was anxious, I could just would not eat. I would starve myself and I would always feel that I was choking and it was horrible. So whenever I was anxious, I didn't eat and people would then ask me why I wasn't eating and poke fun at my weight. And then that would make me even more anxious, causing me to even have even less of an appetite. Yeah. So then I was just eating in a corner by myself when everyone was gone. It was the only way I can survive. And I think some of, you know, how I said about social anxieties and how I'm perceived and looked at also goes on looks as well. You know, mm -hmm. so, you know, I can relate on that on just of what people think, you know. When it comes to social anxiety, you know. I think you do a great job, though, at holding conversations. And I think if you do feel anxious, I would never know. And that's what's awesome because it means you're actively, like, working on it. Yeah, but my mind doesn't stop. So, like, you know, someone asks me a question and then, you know, they go that way. I'm sitting there overthinking. Did I say the right thing or didn't I not say the right yeah, thing? Yeah, I hate that. And I sit there and, like, overthink my answers or overthink my thoughts. Or I know they're going to come up to me and ask me this question. So I'm like kind of preconceiving a, an idea in my head of what I'm going to say. Because at times, you know, I can't necessarily articulate fully. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's fair. Because I think right overthinking is what leads to anxiety. It's almost like they're a brother and sister. The overthinking is, is a direct relative of anxiety because your overthinking is yeah. is what leads to anxiety and i think that's kind of like a good basis but but that's the thing i sometimes i i don't overthink things that cause my anxiety i literally just feel like sometimes i'm addicted to my anxiety yeah, i feel like i'm an addict i really have am. like a a quiet or a dead space in your head where there's nothing you're not really thinking about anything and you're just kind of you know sitting on the couch or sitting in the corner or sitting in the shower just letting the water hit you type thing and you're not thinking about one specific thing but you just feel numb to life like you, that type of piece. or even just like when things are good when things are actually good and things are normal and things are even looking up it's almost as if i don't deserve the feeling to that of being good or comforted or happy to 
to be sustainable because I'm not used to it. So then yeah. I think I don't deserve it. So therefore I, my mind is just like, bring back your addiction, which is anxiety. I'm addicted to it. Yeah. I don't allow good things to happen to me. I don't, it's almost like, I don't think I deserve it to the point where I sabotage everything around me that could be good just because a familiar feeling is anxiety. And it's, yeah. and it's, it's sad. It really is like your own human drug, your, your own organic drug to yourself. I don't know. I think that's, that's why I feel like at the end of the day, no matter how much work I put into it, I think I have to learn that as long as I can control my anxieties and I can, you know, differentiate whether it's an organic anxiety um, and it's, it's an organic anxiety, which means it's my own anxiety that I'm giving off. If I, if I can differentiate that versus like an anxiety that's actually based off something or based on something that I can actually control. And if I learn to to identify the two and put effort into the one that's actually going to have a payoff. Yeah. Then that's how I think I can be at a baseline of like, okay, this is normal anxiety. You can be a functional person. You don't need to. It's just not control. It's just being aware of it and kind of, you know, like self-aware. I mean, you know, if you know, especially if you have the repeating offenders that come over and over and over again, you recognize what those triggering points are, which is a part of your control, but you have to be aware of it or the recognition then you have your controls in place, you know. So it's kind of like finding like a mantra almost or, yeah, you know, the mantra is supposed to be that, that reminder um, that whatever anxiety that you're facing, you've it felt it before and now you're doing what you, what you always do. It's almost as if like someone is always biting their fingernails or someone who, I don't know, just has like a weird like tweak or whatever. Yeah. It's just about before you find yourself getting there, but it's such a force. It is such a force. When I tell you how things can be completely fine and then it just comes at me heavy, hard, yeah. deep, rough, like it can cause me to completely shut down because it's it's so bad that I don't even know how to speak. But do you think like sometimes that, that force that's coming is, is a action from something else that's been triggered, such as like lack of sleep or some other like, yeah, but I I, I don't get just... to sleep because I'm anxiety ridden. That that's what I'm saying. Anxiety is. But it has to start somewhere. It has, to, of course, like, it has to know. start somewhere. But it it started with my obviously my upbringing and and just how I I I was shaped as a human as a kid into a teen into an adult is that these anxieties just became so like normal for me and in constantly being in survival mode and try, trying yeah. to you know make myself happy and whatever I could possibly do that it was so rough for me that when I'm not anxious and there is a little bit of a good moment, it's almost so foreign to me and so like unusual that I'm like almost disgusted with myself that I'm like, why am I happy? There's no reason to be happy because realistically speaking, it's just, it's, it's false. It's going to end any minute now. And then the anxiety is going to come right back. So I literally kill off any good thing that can happen to me faster because of that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's pretty interesting, but, um, I don't know. These are anxieties. Are, I think anxiety is always going to be a topic we'll talk about in the future because I think it's going to be something that's an element in every conversation and, and why, like you said earlier, it's kind of threaded through things, you know, so it's going to, you know, intertwine with, you know, a lot of the other topics that we're going to discuss in the future. Okay. So I think that's a good point to kind of leave it at. I think we'll definitely, de you know, develop more into our anxieties and why we are the way we are today through our next topics. But let's finish off by our third segment. Hello there. Hi, Anxiety. Shut up. Ah. 
Um, so we're back with our third and final segment. And the question that we have here is, why is anxiety relevant? It's a very good question. Um, I think from my perspective, it's relevant because I think everyone has it in different levels and different capacities. And, and it's being aware of not only your own, but, you know, also others. And I think that's an important piece of the world um, to understand. Okay, so it's relevant because we all have it, different levels and different different capacities. Okay, so, and now we need to be aware and mindful of other people's anxieties and learning to, like, navigate through our own as well as those in our personal circle or even in our in our day-to-day life, whether it's through work or people passing, that we're passing on the street. And I think that's, you know, a good, a good way of connecting with, with everyone because you're saying, okay, we all have it, right? But... If we all have it at different levels and some people can understand if they have it, some people may not understand if they have it, how how does that help someone? Like what tools or what like verbal cues can someone give off to another person that allows them to know, hey, listen, I have anxiety. You may not be acknowledged acknowledging yeah. of yours, but I have it. So please be so patient with some me. Some of that goes back towards just understanding and getting to know the person you're talking to. You know, it's hard to meet a stranger on the streets and understand like where they come from and their anxieties. But I do believe as you get to know your like family and well, friends. Well, really quick, just insert there because I think that's that's something that I, I really want to know is that what if you do, though, know that someone you can see if someone overreacts in public, maybe you're just looking at them like, you know what? I'm not going to be reactive to them overreacting because I can clearly see they're anxious about something or they're something's really, really frustrating them. And yeah, it's on their, heavily on their mind, like maybe identifying to learn a little bit more compassion and empathy and seeing someone freak out. Yes, you can still, within reason, try to calm someone down if it's obviously getting to a point where it's verbally violent or physically violent. And, and those are the the you know rare or extreme circumstances to things. That, but, but they're you know, happening but, quite often nowadays. I mean, we're yeah, seeing true. like they're especially with how social media has been. We're seeing all these you know public freakouts. There's whole compilations on that, and it's. How do we how do we avoid it? How can we diffuse those things? But that's for another topic. But I just want to say that it could still happen amongst people on the street. Yeah, you know, you know, and it's being aware of it. You know, if if it's an outward expression, and you can you know pick up on someone. You know, if their foot's really you know stomping or tapping the floor or those type of things. You know, kind of like Thumper and Bambi type thing going on. It's like. Maybe that's a sign, okay, and look around them and see what's going on, and you can identify. I guess, that. like, read the room um, essentially, just like read the room, be more, be more aware, and also try to maybe relate. Maybe relate in any. I think the most beautiful thing to do to stop most fights that are anxiety based or driven is that, like, relate. Try to relate, try to see like body language, and maybe if you recognize their body language is similar to yours, maybe have compassion because maybe they're dealing with exactly what you're dealing with, or maybe not the exact thing, but the feeling. The outcome of that feeling is still similar, or similar enough to like say, you know what? Or I I, under, I get it, like I kind of get it, and I feel bad. Or say if you're in a conversation with a friend or a family or something, and all of a sudden the opposite person, you know, you see them get anxious or fidgety or those type of things, like maybe just change the subject, like drop the conversation because the conversation itself is what is causing the issue. Right, that's and true. That's a good point. It, it's sometimes it's just best to maybe not make your point. You know, yeah. because you know it's going to upset them or make them anxious. And then it's just going to, you know, ruin the day or the night or the party. And it all comes back to ego and pride potentially disrupting, you know, your your ego and pride is disrupting their peace. Because now you're. it's almost like you're, that conversation that you want to have or something, that, that information you want to pry out of them or whatever you're talking about maybe is getting the best of someone. 
by you seeing them react so strongly to what you're saying, it almost makes sometimes people I feel have a, like a pride or an ego because now they're somehow trying to like feel self-righteous about, well, I, nothing I said could have caused you that. Like they don't want to, instead of just stopping or maybe identifying and being aware, they want to almost feel like, I don't even know, vindicated for making yeah. you feel that way by actually in a, in, inadvertently, I guess they don't acknowledge it, but making you feel more anxious because of it. And you also have to acknowledge, you know, people's anxieties if they come to you with them and, you know, kind of be receptive of them also and listen to what's going on in their mind and head. Because, you know what, they might just need an outlet to, you know, vent and some of their anxieties might actually be solved if they were just allowed to vent. And so it's being aware and listening to people. And, you know, sometimes that's tough because, you know, sometimes you just don't want to listen or you're in the moment where you're busy or something. And But I think that's something to help anxieties is, you know, have those open ears to your friends and family. So for the people that you listen. do know, for the people that you do know, I guess, yeah, your advice is just stuff, you know, like, you know, unless you're standing in a line for Wendy's or something and it's like, you know, the lady <laughs> in front of you is just going crazy about her kids. Like, you can really have those little... But you're saying for the people you do know, essentially, you're just saying make maybe make a little bit more effort yeah. and time to just be more receptive or more of an ear to those people and that you know suffer with anxiety. That others are, you know, around you are struggling either in the same issues or completely different issues. And you have to be very empathetic towards it and sympathetic. You know, there's a lot going on in the world, like we've said previously. And I just think that we just need to be aware. And maybe the state of the world right now is it's 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 i think where what i've taken from it is that we're all supposed to be kind of humble and put on the same playing field but unfortunately there's a lot of people that are fear driven and and they you know become more me 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 which i understand that's how the government and the world the way the world is shaping us to feel but you we have to be these pillars of strength and and humanity to say that what's going to stop the vicious cycle is if we stop hurting other people because of our yeah. hurt and our anxieties and by identifying that that similar anxiety or that similar um outcome of our anxieties which is that we're all obviously anxious right the anxiety causes yeah. us like being anxious causes anxiety and and that anxiety causes us like whatever like pain and whatever you know level of pain it is so why not use that to relate and say you know what i don't i know what it feels like to feel this way so i don't want anyone else to feel that way let me stop it with this and that identifying or that identifying in one uh, in each other is going to i think hopefully yeah give more people uh, a feeling that, you know what, what I'm feeling right now is so temperamental and it's not going to dictate my life because I know that not everyone around me feels like this every every day because I think we all feel like we all are also anxiety ridden that it's almost become a normality just to be anxiety ridden and then also rude about and our anxieties. Going back to, you know, breaking the vicious cycle is I think a lot of it is kindness. <laughs> And every action you do and things that you say has to be, you know, acts of kindness or words of kindness and not be little people or bring people down. Or treat everyone like um, if that was your sibling or your mother or your father or your uncle you know, or your aunt or grandmother. Because or you don't know what that person's going through. You don't know if that person just lost their mother or if that person, you know, lost their job in the grocery store. Or, Me, because I lost my mom um, this year, just saying. And, and, and you just don't know where they're coming from. And, you know, and it's just... They have to be there, you know, be kind, be kind, be present, be aware. And also understand that if you have weak moments that you're not your weak moments and it's okay to still grow and learn as long as you identify. The, you have to acknowledge and recognize. Yeah. And, and as long as you acknowledge and recognize and you put a foot forward that you're going to, you know, strive to be better and strive to, you know, fix those anxieties that, you know, keep you up at night, then, you know, that's the first step of all of it.
I think awareness is the first step, right? Awareness is is once you're aware that you have anxiety, now you have to ask yourself, yeah. does my anxiety dictate how I treat others? Or does my anxiety, um, you know, does my anxiety um, shape me to be stronger because I'm I'm growing from it or learning from it? Like these are, you have to ask yourself these questions. Like these are things that I, I wish people wouldn't just be on fast forward or autopilot and just say anxiety is my life and that's it because that's how i feel like my life is but i'm through this podcast trying to identify and actually make changes and a lot of saying that i'm like not just an addict for life like i could move past it and and a lot of people also you know just uses uh, oh i have anxiety it's just just an excuse for their bad behavior or something that they're actually doing and you you see you know some people do that within the world yeah and i think that's a good way to to come to to an end or a conclusion of this, because again, anxiety is never going away. It's always going to be a theme throughout this podcast. Um, of course, we <laughs> we specified that it was high anxiety, but it's because we're talking about anxiety while being high, and I think that it's um, it's it's kind of like an oxymoron because when you're high, you feel like you're more at ease and more at bay and more relaxed. Yeah. But in, for me, it's actually ironic because my anxiety is still very much there it's just more like now i'm staring at it it's almost before it's behind me and it's like a shadow and i'm like trying to find it and i'm like oh uh, like get away go away but when i'm high it's kind of like all right now i'm staring at you in front of me and it's like now trying to understand you like why anxiety are you doing this why anxiety are you in my life why anxiety are you you know coming back to me as if you know you're addicted to me and I'm addicted to you. Like, what is this relationship? Do you want to break up? Cause I want to break up. You don't want to break up. Wait, we're married. What? No. Tell death to his part. No. You know, it's like, yeah, but unfortunately that's how it is. Anxiety will always be with us. So maybe and... my anxiety will go away. Once I learn how to be a better listener to you and anxiety, you'll learn how to love me. Once you listen to me and, and we can have a great marriage with each other and anxiety and I can become friends. And guess what? Your name yeah. will cha- be changed to, I don't know something else that's not named anxiety and guess what there's change and growth there I don't think you'll ever quite go away and I think you'll always be the love of my life but I think it's about being kinder to one another and eventually you know people will be like hey look at that guy with his anxiety they're looking hot together they're friends maybe I can be like that too yeah I think you know to end this it's being aware of your anxieties, you know, accept your anxieties, you know, just because you accept them doesn't mean they're going to go away, but at least you acknowledge them and like be aware of yours and others. Try to listen more and also try to have compassion for not only others, but also yourself. And that's where we'll leave it because high anxiety ain't fun, but it could be when you're high. Thank you so much for watching and listening and have a great, uh, Friday afternoon.